0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Soccer from the Zoo's Kansas City Soccer Update. I'm Kyle Pinnell. It's Tuesday morning and I got a short little preview episode to get out. Just sporting Kansas City this week, KCNWSL coming off of a 2-1 loss against O.L. Reign in its Challenge Cup finale at Legends Field last night. I'll go over that result and more on Friday alongside Sporting's loss, lopsided loss against RSL in uh, Sandy, Utah. So that's to come on Friday. But today, I just wanted to preview the one game this week. Sporting Kansas City host expansion side, Austin FC, Austin FC, two wins and a loss. Sporting Kansas City, one win, one loss, one draw. So it should be a very intriguing matchup. Austin FC, I think, has surpassed many's expectations, but they're a very fundamentally sound team. It's a team with a lot of MLS roster depth. You have players like Nick Lima and Diego Fagundes. Uh, Danny H- uh, Huesen, or Husen, players that you might recognize the name of just from being in MLS. Of course, Matt Beasler. I'm going to go through the roster in a second. That's the big name here for sporting Kansas City fans. It, it's a team with some individual talent. We haven't seen en- enough of them, just two games uh, or three games for them, actually. But they've looked good. They look like they have a plan and attack. They're not leaking goals, they're not like Inter Miami was last season. They play more like a national, but they have more intrigue around them, at least in my opinion. Coach Josh Wolf, of course, uh, coached under Greg Burhalter with the national team for a while. He's bringing a lot of interesting ideas to to that team. So I'm just going to go through the roster. I already listed off a few names. They play a 4-3-3, at least in, in recent weeks. That's what they've been doing with Brad Stuver and goal. Zan komanich as left back. Matt Beasler, of course, left center back. Uh, Joan Romana as right center back and Nick Lima as right back. The midfield three: Alexander Ring, Thomas, or Tomas Pachettino, and Diego Fagundes. Now, this is who they started uh, a week ago against Minnesota United in a one nothing win. Now, also, this is an Austin team. Before I continue, that has played a lot of different lineups. Only five players have started each of the three games, which is kind of an oddity at this point in the season. Uh, just considering it's three games in and just with some injuries, an unfortunate injury to left back Ben Sweat. Of course, I mentioned Komanic, uh, Komanic or Komanic. He did get his first MLS start in the last game against Minnesota United after Ben Sweat went down with that ACL tear the week before. Uh, Tomas Bajetino had some interesting roster related issues. A last second scratch from the league, not from the team. Uh, so he didn't play in the last game. Or two games ago, I should say, um, the the win and the 3-1 win against Colorado for Austin FC. But he is back, definitely back. And Daniel Pereira, he is an interesting midfielder. I believe he went first overall in this year's Super Draft for Austin FC. He could definitely start. He's been starting recently. Diego Fagundes, though, has also been doing well in the starting lineup. He scored two weeks in a row. He scored Austin FC's first ever goal as a club. He scored the only goal in the win against Minnesota last week. So I could see Pereira coming back from a light injury, starting on the bench and getting some time. And I'm just going to put Diego Fagundes in here for now. Alexander Ring, of course, the number six at the base of everything. Pretty good. He's he's played that role with NYC FC when he was in New York. Uh, he's very good at moving the ball, connecting lines and just sitting back in front of the back four that Austin FC want to play. And so a very solid midfield for sure. The front line is where it kind of gets a little interesting. I'm just going off of who started against uh, Minnesota United last weekend? Uh, Danny Houston at striker, of course, is the name most familiar to myself and probably many others. He's a pretty fast player, able to stretch that back line. is is a threat that Kansas City needs to be aware of. Of one, he can also drop back, but getting getting too far in behind and pulling the line, the defensive line, too far away from the midfield, and creating all that space in between. That's uh, Kansas City has suffered with so far in, in tougher games on the left you have Cecilio Dominguez an interesting player for um, Austin FC and then on the right you have Jared Strude um, as the right winger so that again is Austin FC's lineup at least the one they went with last week of course rotating players they've played with a lot of different lineups that could easily change by Saturday but I would definitely expect to see them line up in a 4-3-3 uh, again just Kind of based on what I've read, what I've heard on, on different podcasts and all that I've really come across it's a very disciplined team. As far as they'll make off, they'll make numerous off ball runs to confuse defenses. Players don't need to have the ball to move around and be active and 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 confuse. And, and that's a testament to John Wolf's coaching style that it's formulaic and that, that can be a pro or a con. It's sporting Kansas City. Peter Vermees probably knows enough of the patterns that Austin FC wants to do. But the way that they are able, the players are able to execute that, of course, they're able to do it so well that it doesn't matter whatever the opponent's plan is to stop it. They know it's coming. It's just a matter of how well it's executed. So there's going to be a little bit of that going on, especially with off ball runs. I'm definitely excited to see them. I I think I'll be at this game in person. uh, First time seeing Austin FC. It's an interesting team. I want to see two two zero one to start the season six points pretty good for an expansion team the one loss coming a, against an lafc team obviously everyone knows about them they're a very very good side uh that took a while to break them down didn't get the second goal until the final minutes got the first goal uh through some good movement but outside of that and that was a road game for austin fc too so i'm interested i am there's a lot of intriguing talent diego Fagundez. Obviously, I remember him from his time in New England. Uh, he, he had very consistent games there. He, he was touch and go, but he was a good player out uh, in the Eastern Conference. Kind of looking at this game against Minnesota United, it, it was interesting. One goal scored, but almost two expected goals, which means that they're getting in the right places for shots and and that they are able to find opportunities. And of course, Minnesota United hasn't been good per se this year. Still, that's impressive for an expansion side uh, to generate about two expected goals. They also defensively very sound going back to that back line, of course, just allowing two shots on goal. Um, And and I'm intrigued also with Nick Lima, of course, a U.S. men's national team prospect in past seasons. He's pretty dynamic. He can get up and down the right. I remember listening to Um, MLS Assist, which is a great podcast done by Joe Lowry and Jordan Angeli, who talk a lot about the tactical side of these games. And before the season, Joe predicted Nick Lima would play kind of that inverted right back role, come into the midfield, add some numbers for potential midfield overloads. That hasn't happened as much as he predicted, Um, but that was intriguing just because that's the role he kind of played under Burhalter when he was with the national team, kind of when they were figuring out. What they were doing with that right back, whether it be Tyler Adams or Nick Lima when he was there. So, again, I'd recommend checking MLS Assist. That podcast out is very, very short episodes, and, and I definitely learned a lot from each one of them. But, anyways, continuing on, Nick Lima, I think he'll be dynamic. He'll be going up on the right side, so he'll be going up against Kansas City's uh, Felipe Martins, probably. I'm going to go through that lineup in a second. But I think that will be a very interesting battle. I, I think. Nick Lima you'd want you'd rather him if you're Kansas City going up against Jalen Lindsay but of course Jalen Lindsay at right back is not going to be on that side against Nick Lima just for speed and pace and Lindsay of course did well with uh, Julio against Arcel a preview <clears throat> uh, excuse me a preview point that I made um, last week he's probably the most athletic defender Kansas City has um, is Matt Marin might have something to say about that but but yeah, I'm looking at Nick Lima could be very interesting. And of course, that midfield is very solid in the DP Tomas Pachatino. a very solid team all around. And before I switch over to Kansas City, I will say um, for Austin, actually. Or was I going to say that? Um, yeah, no, just for Austin, a very, very good team, very disciplined, should be a very good team. Good test. Maybe you're looking at kind of what the Orlando City type game was, but against the sporting Kansas City team looking for its second win of the season, its first home win of the season um, on Sunday afternoon. Switching over to Kansas City here, you're looking at 433. As always, a lot of question marks as far as who's available, who's not available. It's been a lot of times where just a reminder, I'm doing these podcasts early in the week. So we usually hear from Peter Vermees two days in advance of a game. And that's when the final injury reports are in. But I usually go off the previous week's lineup. Usually it's mostly correct. The big one from last week, Johnny Russell, Alan Polito got their first starts for the club. Full starts. um, And that was really good to see. I think that happens again. And I'll get there in a second. But you go with Felipe Martinez at left back. Andre Fontes at left center back. Now, here last week, uh, Kava Rad started a, a relatively new signing, actually just a few weeks, um, just signed up to be on the first team roster. He started at right center back because Nick, uh, Nicholas is a Marin was dealing with a little bit of an injury. And then Jalen Lindsay, I think for me, I think Marin might start this game, but it's also touch and go. So you could easily see Rod there. You can also see Marin. I think it would be much better or People would feel a lot more comfortable if it's Marin there. He's looked very impressive in his first two games for the club, of course, almost had that goal that got called back due to being offside against Orlando City in the net. John Pulskamp, I think, starts again. I think Tamilia is getting closer and closer again. He's another player. We'll hear the status of come Friday when Peter Ramiz talks with media looking at the midfield, another area that got shuffled with Alan Polito and Johnny Russell's return to the lineup. I think. It goes back, Peter Vermees goes back to a tried and true formula. Of course, Remy Walter, Elie Sanchez and Jean-Luc Abustio started against RSL. That was kind of worrying as far as uh, Elie. And there's been a lot of talk of him, especially in some of the recaps that I've read um, as far as he was kind of not able to connect the back line and in the field that much to the front line, of course. And I know that uh, Robert uh, Rizert of the Blue Testament, uh, a site that I've referenced a lot on this podcast, I just want to give him credit, pointed out on MLSsoccer.com. You look at the assist map, and there were very few, if any, lines connecting uh, Ilie and Jean-Luc Abusio and Alan Polito, two of sporting Kansas City's most important players. And something I definitely found interesting from after that RSL game, Peter Vermees came out and said that. That I mean, if he was Alan Pulido, he'd be frustrated just because of the ball not getting to him as much as it could have, and and it not being helped as much as he should have been from this team. I, it was a very interesting quote. It was definitely quoted in a few post game articles. Um, But interesting comment nonetheless. So for me, long story short, I think for this three man midfield, Roger Espinoza is going to be back in. He was rotated against. RSL, which for me is kind of alluded to with him not being able to play every game just to preserve him and his legs. I think Gotti Kinda makes uh, a comeback and Jean-Luc Abusio will return in, in that midfield three at home. And then you kind of look across the attacking line. Johnny Russell, uh, left wing, I, I feel more confident. He starts this one kind of building off of last week. Alan Polito again will probably start Kyrie Shelton. I think that's your team if you're sporting Kansas City. And again, looking at Polito, he scored the team's only goal in that loss against RSL. He looked good, um, not being as played into as maybe anyone would have liked. Of course, I just referenced that Peter Vermes quote. But I mean, seeing him play in person for the first time against Orlando City, his ability to drop in the midfield, drive at opposing defenses, open up the game for a Johnny Russell, for a Kyrie Shelton to get him in behind and make those runs and being able to finish and just being everywhere around the box. He's a great very high quality player he doesn't need to rely on that midfield connection because he can just drop far back but it would be more beneficial if he was allowed to play farther forward and find those spaces in the box where he can be most dangerous to and i guess opportunistic to put the ball away so i definitely want to see that from Polito and the team against austin fc going against that back line um for sure uh another question of course I, I mentioned Nicholas is Matt Marin. will he be back will he not be back I think that will play a big role especially with his ability to be physical and a more of a commanding presence at center back um I I would like to see as far as um I, I touched on if uh, most of these comments actually but just before I, I I get to the keys you look at that front three Johnny Russell on um, Palito Kyrie Shelton once again pretty strong. That's probably gonna be the strongest front three, at least for now that Peter Vermees is going to use. And then you have some depth off the bench and Daniel Shallowy. Um, and maybe even you want to throw Wilson Harrison for lower stakes games or midweek rotational games, um, call him back up and do all of that. I think sporting Kansas city is fine. Of course, you're really looking at having Polito and Russell in the allow that death in the attack. But the statistic there that I saw on the TV broadcast, sporting Kansas city, seven, Zero and zero. Now seven zero and one. When that front three starts together, so very effective. Generally, it's early in the season, so you would think Peter Vermees would know what to do and what to tinker with to allow that to be more more effective with with the roster he has. A lot of intriguing things for for sure. And then you talk about death. You talk about death in the midfield as well. Uh, this is a Sporting Kansas City team. He alluded to it in his press conference a week ago. Just Remy Walter got to start against RSL. Gotti Kenda didn't get the start against RSL. You have um, all of those type of players. You have a Felipe Hernandez. You have Gianluca Busio. You have all of these guys that can kind of rotate and play around in different areas on this team. Very, very effective. And and that's a nice thing to see. And so I, I think that this is a good opportunity for Kansas city to bounce back from that loss to RSL, where they look good in the opening 20, 25 minutes. And then RSL was just opportunistic. They found areas to break Kansas city down with the ball. And, and I think that's what Leah Sanchez said after the game, just how they were able to use the ball to break Kansas city down. And that's something that the team is probably not too happy about going into this game against Austin FC, a home game looking for their first three point performance at home. And so for me, I just have a couple of keys here and one don't get dragged apart in midfield and it feels like i'm saying this every week but you look at that midfield that austin fc has alexander ring diego fagundes or daniel pereira tomas Pachettino. you look at kansas cities i think a lot of times the spacing just feels off watching kansas city it's gonna take time that's the thing with a midfield three is that because everyone's doing a lot of different things in that formation it means that people are in different places, the communication's got to be on point, it takes practicing. And and you don't want Busio and Kinda or Busio and Walter or Espinosa or whoever's starting in the midfield to be too far forward and not allow help cuz all of a sudden you're looking at a counterattack from Austin FC and and then it kind of goes goes back the other way and, and you're out of position and then it's going to result in Andre Fontes stepping up and then you give a Danny Houston room and and that space and then pool scamps facing an opportunity like that. So I think it's very important for Kansas city to be very compact in the midfield, not allow Austin FC to use those off ball runs and the calculated movements too effectively to really open up that defense. Uh, My second, my second key effective pressing for Kansas city and disruption. Of course, Kansas city is a team that wants to play with the ball And they want to press and they want to win, win the ball back. They're not an overtly high pressing team. Don't get me wrong on that. But they definitely want to be able to cause some disruption before they don't. They won't just completely sit back. And that's something um, that, again, takes some practice to work out. Sometimes people step high. Sometimes others don't. It allows the spaces. And that's what RSL capitalized on uh, the other weekend. So against Austin FC, this is a team that will build out of the back. That's my last big point on Austin here. They will continuously, regardless of whether it works or doesn't, look to build out of the back. They did so against LAFC, one of the highest pressing teams in Major League Soccer, one of the most effective high pressing teams. And while they didn't get a goal out of it, they looked fine doing it and they weren't afraid to do it. They didn't make any careless passes. They didn't really play into that press Too much and turn the ball over in dangerous areas. It's a team that will do that. And so for Kansas City, they just got to create some danger, knowing full well that Austin FC is going to try and create some opportunities with their center backs. Of course, Matt Beasler, Kansas City fans know well he is good at passing the ball. He'll help progress the ball in those areas, trying to create overloads and then that midfield and get it into the attack. So when possible, they'll probably look to play a little more down the spine. And for Kansas City, They just got to be able to um, contain that, know it's coming and try to win the ball back in high areas. I'm just kind of looking at my final thoughts on this game. I'm I'm excited for it again. Like I said, it's going to be a very big challenge, not getting stretched, of course, in defense, especially with Danny Houston up there. Jared Strude and Cecilio Dominguez, an interesting front three, to say the least. But again, I'm most worried about that midfield from austin fc but they have to go to kansas city and that it was loud last time i was there i'm sure it will be loud once again with the limited capacity and limited attendance at children's mercy park so again that game is going to be at 6 30 on sunday may 9th that afternoon should be a very fun game for those coming out hopefully it stays dry like the first game who knows but until friday enjoy another week of soccer And just a quick reminder, you can follow me at Kyle underscore Pinnell underscore the podcast at soccer at the zoo. That is ZOU. And again, I will be recapping both Sporting Kansas City's lost RSL and KCNWSL's loss to OL Rain come that Friday.